the Samsung Neo QLED 8K TV featuring incredible color volume with 8K AI upscaling powered by 20 neural networks on an impossibly slim screen is the kind of TV that's so visually astounding, so unfathomably well-designed, it has to be seen to be believed. Don't believe me? Well, okay then. Radio has its limits. Samsung Neo QLED 8K, unreasonably good. Welcome to your Vibrant Life Podcast. My name is Haley, and my mission is to help busy, burnt-out individuals increase their energy naturally and discover how good their bodies are designed to feel. If you're struggling with digestion, body image, or fatigue, you're in the right place. On this podcast, I will be providing you with the simple and effective strategies that me and my clients use to feel vibrant every day. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now let's get into today's episode. All right, friends, and welcome back to your Vibrant Life podcast. I have with me today a very special person who's coming on to the show, and her name is Cassie Kovac. So Cassie, maybe you can just do a little bit of an introduction for our guests you know, who you are, what got you into coaching and what your focus is as a coach. So hi, I'm Cassie. You can call me Cass. I am a life coach. I got into fitness coaching, well, into fitness a couple of years ago. I think my journey is about five years ago now. I was in essentially just a really, really dark place in my life. And knew that I had to change up something with my lifestyle and found the gym, found the routine that worked for me. And, but yeah, it just helped me out of a really, really dark place in my life and brought me some light, taught me so, so many lessons through fitness. So cool. Yeah. I love that. So kind of started around five years ago for you. And I know that we connected in the online space through the Academy. So for those of you who kind of follow my story, getting started with online coaching, I went through a business program run by Brian Mark and Cole Da Silva. And so I actually met Cassie through one of my head coaches and Cassie did join our team just briefly. And Cassie has also chosen to move more from fitness coaching, nutrition and fitness coaching into the realm of life coaching, which I fully support and love. And actually that's why I asked her to come on the show was to share a little bit of her story, you know, what kind of shifted you from the fitness coaching into life coaching and what that like looks for you now moving forward. I know you're still like in a mentorship program, but have been offered a position as a life coach, which is super cool. Yeah. So I actually started in-person training. I know a lot of us started in-person training, found the Academy through Instagram and just went all in with that. And I quit my job before I even had one online client. So I just kind of sent it and hope for the best. And it worked out really well because I'm here in this position. But yeah, I have been working with some mentors that have been helping me through mental blocks that I've been facing. And it's been the most amazing experience. And I knew that is the type of healing that I want to help replicate in other people's lives. I love that. And I have talked to this you know, with our coaches and even with clients that, you know, a lot of times we think that we want to change something physical. I don't like the way my body, you know, feels, I don't like the way it looks, but a lot of that is actually stemming from our emotions and how we're actually feeling. 
And so how we feel about our body is a lot more important than what we're necessarily thinking about our body. And so oftentimes that thought process of, you know, I don't like the way this looks drives us into the gym. And then we go through that place of of learning to take care of ourselves, learning self-discipline, learning self-trust. And then we end up in a place where we start to realize and recognize that a lot of the driving force behind our actions and behaviors is actually emotions. And that's, I think, where this takes it a little bit deeper. And I definitely, I started backwards from you, actually. So I was in a pretty dark place, pretty unhealthy place with my physical body and went and did my yoga teacher training and a thousand hours of yoga teacher training later, really understood like the, you know, mental, emotional, spiritual side. And that is kind of where my healing started. And then I progressed into fitness because I felt like it was a magnet to pull people in and help them with those other layers. And so we kind of have different starting points. And I love that so much, which is also why I feel like so connected to you in a way. It's like, we're, you know, we have the same end goal. You know, the goal is to help people, but we're just from a different starting place and understanding that there's going to be people that start in my position that need that, you know, mental, emotional support first. And there's going to be people like yourself that go through the fitness side first. And I think both are beautiful journeys and that's just a really interesting place to be starting. So with your mentorship program and starting as a life coach there, what's that going to look like for you? So that is a good question. So something that I've always struggled with is holding expectations for the future. And I build a lot of anxiety around my expectations that I hold for the future. So I'm trying to be very open-minded about the next chapter and try not to plan everything out. As far as what it's going to look like, I just want to be soaking up as much as possible as far as learning how I can help and use my gift to help other people by sharing my story. That's going to be one of the first things that I will work on is opening up and really sharing about where I've come from and how my healing journey has changed my life immensely. Even within the past like six months, I'm a completely different person in the best way. So as far as my coaching goes, it's definitely going to be a slow and steady growth, but yeah, I love it. Doing absolutely cool. everything that I can, soaking up everything that I can and slowly integrating that into my life. And so for the life coaching portion, is that something that you're going to be doing primarily online or in person? Oh yeah. It'll be virtual. Yeah. So, so like zoom sessions and things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Very nice. I've looked into some different life coaching schools and as we start to build a team at Health Pillars, it's like, I am really working hard to build out a team so that I'm able to start, you know, going back into the education side of things. Right now, mm-hmm. my focus has been so much on business and, and future growth, which I know I'm kind of similar in that I want to plan everything out, but I'm kind of being open to where it takes me as well. And I would love either to go towards like kind of a life coaching certification or possibly my clinical counseling, I think would be kind of one of the other avenues I'd be interested in. Well, I love all of that and super excited to chat to you a bit more about our topic today, which is actually going to be the emotional spiral. So the emotional spiral is something that kind of came to light to me, probably, I think in my third yoga teacher training, it was something that we focused on quite a lot. And so just looking at the emotional spiral and having a better understanding of it. And I know this is an audio only podcast. So if you're listening to this and you have your cell phone out or you're by your computer, just pop into the Google search bar and search emotional spiral. And this picture is going to pop up for you. There's multiple, they're all very similar, but just take a look because we're going to be talking about it, you know, for the next, you know, duration of the podcast, we're going to be discussing the emotional spiral. So 
having a visual representation of it can super help. I want to talk a little bit about how to interpret the emotional spiral to better understand the importance of affirmation and positive versus negative self-talk. So can you speak a little bit just to, you know, how you might use affirmation and positive self-talk with your clients or with yourself? Oh my gosh, I could talk about this forever. Positive self-talk and just self-talk in general is something that like I hadn't even considered to be a thing like even a year ago. First time it kind of came up for me, I was reading a book. It's called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. I'm not sure if you've heard of it or not, but it's amazing. And I implemented it right away. What you say when you talk to yourself, I mean, that's the name of the book, but it's also so, so important. Like our words and our thoughts literally create the world that we live in. We create our surroundings, our reality with our thoughts and with our own self-talk. So whichever you choose to tune into, whichever thoughts you choose to tune into, whether they're positive or negative, the more that you focus in one area, the more you're just going to attract more thoughts from one side or the other. When you're in a negative mindset, it's really easy for you to see all the other negatives in your life and you start looking for them versus the opposite. When you are a bit more optimistic, it's a lot easier for you to find the positives as well. And that's kind of how the emotional spiral is set up as where in the center you have like the optimistic and it goes up into unconditional love and integrity, gratitude, forgiveness, etc. It's really easy when you're optimistic to wind up into the spiral, but it's just as easy to fall back down it too. Yeah, absolutely. And so just so you guys, maybe if you're not looking at the emotional spiral right now, there's basically an upwards coil and a downwards coil from a neutral line. And that neutral line, just below the line, we see this word boredom. And that is an interesting word because I feel like it comes up in a lot of our lives and there can be, you know, that space of boredom. We have the choice to go sliding down the emotional spiral, or we can start to choose our thoughts and our affirmations to gently bring bring us up that emotional spiral. And I like to talk, you know, kind of about this, the leap, right? It's like, it's very hard to go from a place of like shame and unworthiness to right to a place of unconditional love. So if we're looking at that emotional spiral, if you're really struggling with negative self-talk, which is low on the emotional spiral, we don't need to go from negative self-talk to I love myself. That's like a very tough, you know, gap to, to get through or to, to, I guess, cover. So instead we can start to move ourselves up the emotional spiral by just coming to a place of like hopefulness and optimism. And another word that I don't actually see on the emotional spiral that I have in front of me is the word acceptance. And I think that is the biggest one for me. That's like right at the center in my mind of the emotional spiral. It's like acceptance. Like I'm accepting where I am and I'm going to choose to be optimistic. Yeah. Very cool. The Um, other, the the part about the affirmations, something that's really important as far as creating affirmations go is when you recognize self-talk and Again, like that's the, that's step one is the recognition and the acceptance. You want to create your affirmations that align with you and align with your thoughts. Don't just go to Pinterest and look up cute ones that you think are good, right? Like you want to cater them to your actual thoughts. So they resonate and it doesn't have to be just an, I am my favorite way to make affirmations is I'm learning to, and then insert whatever. Amazing. So that, that way it's a process and you feel more comfortable saying I'm learning to love myself than I love myself. If you don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and that makes a ton of sense to me, and I'm sure it does to our listeners as well. Okay, so let's just chat about some of the emotions that are low on the emotional spiral that you may have been experiencing at some of your like, you know, lower points before you got into fitness and into life coaching. Well, definitely a lot of negative self-talk. Just feeling guilty for not taking care of myself, that was a huge one. I had grown up an athlete and when I was getting into my fitness journey, I was about a year maybe yeah about a year out of high school and that's when I stopped playing soccer I I played soccer since I was like six and I wasn't doing anything for myself I was partying and just letting all of that that I had all my habits all my routines I just let them go and so there was definitely a lot of guilt a lot of shame from just like letting myself go physically but what I didn't recognize at the time and like you were saying towards the beginning of the episode is that it might start physical and then you get into the mental or it might start mental and then you get into the physical. For me, I did recognize my physical changes first and that's what made my mental health so loud was that shift. So I definitely felt a lot of shame, guilt, depression, disappointment in myself just for not again, like not giving myself the care that I deserved or that I needed. Have you ever seen like the rice test or like the plant test with the negative energy and negative affirmations? No, No, you you have to Google it. It's so interesting. So you guys have to Google this and I'm not just like making it up. And it's an ice crystal. I actually think the ice crystal one is my absolute favorite. So there's like two like little Petri dishes of water And to the one Petri dish of water, they say nice things like, I love you, you're beautiful, you're radiant. And that ice forms like these beautiful, perfect crystals. And then there's the the energy that goes towards the other Petri dish of water. And it's like, I hate you, you're ugly, this is your shit. And that forms like ugly, like misshapen crystals. And so I always go back to this and they, they do it with rice, you can do it with plants and like with rice, like the one rice molds quicker than the other. And I know this sounds like kind of like airy fairy, but everything has a vibration and everything has like an energy to it. It has currency. So I want you to think about walking into a room full of happy people. Like, what does that feel like? It feels so good. It feels vibrant. You like, you like absorb that energy and you feel happy. You feel like you can open up and that opening up is really, really important. That's a key word that I want to just note there. And then what happens when you walk into a room where two people just had a huge blow at argument, like it feels tense. It feels uncomfortable. You want to close down. You don't want to like open up or share anything. You want to like tiptoe around on eggshells. Now, how did you feel like walking into either room and walking into room A with the happy people that are celebrating walking into room B with the people that just had a fight? How do you know? Like, you can walk into that room and you can literally feel the energy. And so for anyone out there that's going to tell me that energy isn't real, I'm going to use that analogy because I could walk into a room and I would close my eyes and not have to hear anything. And I could feel there was tension versus feeling that there was like this open optimistic attitude. And so thinking of that with the emotional spiral, imagine the cells in your body when you're talking negatively to yourself, they don't want to grow. They don't want to evolve. You just want to stay stuck, right? And that's what your body does with negative self-talk. It goes into like self-protection mode. I really, okay, I'm going to have to think of his name. It'll come back to me, but he talks a lot about the emotional spiral and I'll, I'll have to, if I can't think of it here, I'll have to like put it in the show notes, but talks about like love being like the one of the best vibrations for growth. 
And like, imagine the mom that just has the baby and how she treats that baby with unconditional love to help it to grow and evolve. And this is maybe a little bit on the darker side, children that are abused or neglected when they're younger quite often have disabilities in growth or learning. And so Mm -hmm. we see this, you know, this emotional impact in so many different areas of our lives. And it goes totally like under, I want to say undervalued, or I don't even know what the word would be there, but it's like almost like it slips under the radar somehow. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I fully am a believer in the energy that we all hold energy and that you can physically feel it. I mean, that example was perfect. You can walk into a room and feel the energy shift. That's, that is huge. And that's something that I hadn't recognized when I was in that place before fitness was that I was almost like searching for people and I was attracting others into my life who had the same energy, like a magnet. And it just reinforced, reinforced. Yeah, exactly. Like attracts like law of attraction. And this is something that we can just go deeper and deeper into this, you know, like what you feel you attract. And so if you're feeling, you know, hatred and and jealousy and bitterness or shame, that's literally the people and the energy that you invite into your life. And so really, really important, I believe, to start thinking about, you know, thinking about your thoughts and highest up on the emotional spiral, we kind of mentioned briefly was the unconditional love. And I know that's such a hard place to go to if you're at a place of like self-resentment and shame and unworthiness. So I want to kind of give you guys some actionable advice to take home, to put in your back pocket, to start working your way up the emotional spiral. And the biggest thing for me, honestly, has been implementing a daily routine. And I know that you have a fire daily routine because I see it, you sharing it on your story. So can you share with the room, with, with our guests, like, what do you do on a daily basis to help yourself move up that emotional spiral? And you can talk about including affirmations and, and all those kinds of things in there too. Yeah. So my morning routine has been a game changer and this wasn't always something that I've had. It's something that I started implementing. Like I was so the person that rolled around in bed on my phone on like falling in and out of sleep until noon, just doing whatever. And getting out of bed was always the hardest part for me of my day. So finding a routine that worked for me it's definitely takes trial and error. So I just want to put that out there before I explain my routine, because a lot of times people will look at my routine and look at theirs and think that it has to be perfect. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Use your intuition, listen to what feels good and you can adjust it. Like, I feel like everybody tries to overcomplicate everything and just find what works for you. But for me, things that have absolutely changed the game, number one is journaling. I was never a believer in journaling and it's now my favorite thing. Just turning to something where I can release. And sometimes I don't have my journal on me and I use a voice note in my phone, but just let it out of your head, whatever is consuming you. And I wish I had this tip back when I was really struggling, but just letting it out of your head, like letting it travel out of your body and onto that paper is such a good way to release. Even like a lot of my clients, when I talk to them about journaling, they think that journaling always needs to be positive. Like if I have nothing good to say, like, why do I want to journal about it? And it's like, no, I write down the highlights of my day and the lowlights of my day. I write down challenges and how I dealt with them, what I could have done differently. It's, it's just like a really, really healthy outlet. So if you don't journal, 
try it non-judgment like to yourself nobody has to read it unless you want them to you can literally say whatever you want in there but with my journaling I'll like recap my day as I said and then I also do gratitude and affirmations I do gratitude every single day affirmations most days it just like ties in I don't really have a structure anymore before like when I was starting I would say three things that you're grateful for or three affirmations is a great start. And just one like, thing, yeah, I just want to pop in here for a second with your gratitudes, a really, really cool thing you can do with those is make one of your gratitudes about yourself, something that you're grateful for about yourself, whether it's your strength or your resiliency. And I have one client come to me and tell me she was journaling, but how grateful she was for the shit she'd been through. And I was like, no, 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 we don't want to be grateful for that because you're going to invite more of it. What we want to do is be grateful for how you managed it right? So grateful for your strength, be grateful for your resilience, be grateful for your empathy or your compassion in those tough situations. It's like, be grateful for a a positive quality about yourself. And then you can also be grateful for, you know, a couple of things that are external of you. But I think that so often we're like, I'm grateful for, you know, something outside my body, something outside of me. And then we still don't feel that gratitude towards ourselves, which can be really tough. So that's for me journaling anyways, I always like to write one thing I'm grateful for about me. Yeah, I really love that. I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's often like so neglected. Like a lot of times we can feel selfish or like we're being overly confident, but in reality, a lot of us are just neglecting that sense of self and don't feel the significance or the importance in saying, I'm really good at this or something along those lines. But it really is so important because a lot of us are lacking that confidence. So journaling. Yes. Cool. (laughs) Journaling. Um, So daily routine, getting up, writing your thoughts that you woke up with on some paper. Do you spend any time like meditating or, you know, stretching or like connecting your mind body or do you focus just on your mind? Yeah. So I'll, I'll do a little bit of stretching. I haven't gotten quite into yoga yet, but that's on my agenda because my best friend is a yogi and she always talks to me about it. So that's definitely on my agenda for sure. I love the connectedness and the whole mind, body, soul that yoga has. So, but I do a little stretching when I get up and then it's mostly on my mindset. So then I'll also read for at least 10 minutes. I like to set that as a goal for me because I know I have 10 minutes of my day to read. I love reading now, but when I started reading, I did not like it at all. So 10 minutes I could commit to, and it actually started as five minutes has grown to 10, but I normally sit out and read for 30 minutes to an hour because normally after that 10 minute mark, I am hooked and I'm interested. I want to keep going. And that's been a habit that has been really critical in my learning and also my healing. I've learned a lot. Like the books that I read are nonfiction, like self-improvement books. Yeah. So So your number, I know you mentioned a book earlier about like the way we talk to ourselves. Is there Mm -hmm. like another title that you can drop in here for them to kind of pick up on or to think about maybe listening to or reading? Oh my God. Yeah. My favorite thing is to recommend people books because the books (laughs) literally changed my life. So yeah, that's a really good one. My all-time favorite that literally changed my life is called How to Do the Work by Dr. Nicola Perra. 
her name on Instagram is the holistic psychologist. So that gives you a little bit of insight on kind of how the book goes, but it's a book about self-healing and how your childhood experiences have made you into the person that you are. And I've made like 10 people in my life read that book and I will never stop talking about it. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm sure there's going to be almost every single listener on this podcast that goes and finds that book either on Audible or picks it up in the paper copy. I know for myself, because I'm constantly like on screens and reading things throughout the day, I have a hard time like focusing on a book at the end of the day, but having it in the morning, that seems like a really good part of your daily routine. I usually spend you know, 15 minutes meditating, 15 minutes journaling, 15 minutes stretching, and then I kind of head to the gym, but I could put another 10, 15 minutes of reading in there pretty easily. So I do love like having like holding a paper copy book. There's just something like different about that. Yeah. I've been um, actually like doing like little annotations in my books too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Just like little notes for yourself. Look back on. Yeah. And it helps me like process it as I'm reading too. I know a lot of people it's like coming up as very common. A lot of people struggle with ADHD. So if that's something that you struggle with, annotating as you go and kind of breaking down the paragraphs can be helpful too. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, But also committing to something like really small and starting like super small. I at health pillars were five, five and five for all my clients. I'm like five minutes of meditation five minutes of gratitudes and affirmations, yeah. five minutes of stretching to connect your mind and body after you've worked on your mind. That's it. Beautiful. Yeah. That 15 minutes is how you start your day every day. And every single check-in form I'm on people. I'm like, did you do your daily routine every day this week? This is why your mindset's off. Like we need to work on your mindset. It's like brushing your teeth. You can't do it once and expect to have curly whites forever. Like you have to work on it every single day, if yeah. not multiple times a day. Yeah. It's just another level of discipline. Like even though it's five minutes, it seems really small, but it's really important. Like your daily habits will compound onto each other into like from teeny tiny baby steps to huge, like monumental leaps. Yep. And this is like where we start as well, because I have so many clients that are like, I'm not motivated. I'm like, motivation is meh. And like motivation Mm -hmm. comes and goes with your emotions and the emotional spiral every day. You're going to go up and down that ladder all over the place, depending on what events happen and how you're triggered. But if you can develop the self-efficacy, the self-trust, the self-discipline, you're going to follow through with what you said you were going to do, no matter what emotional state you're in. So you can Mm -hmm. wake up in a negative mindset and you're still going to get your butt out of bed and have a healthy breakfast and go to the gym versus if that isn't established and you can be like, well, screw it. You know, I'm not happy today. So I'm choosing not to do the workout or, you know, I'm just going to go to McDonald's instead or whatever, whatever the choice is. Didn't mean to knock McDonald's on the podcast. Maybe I'm knocking McDonald's. Yeah, Maybe just a little bit. All right. So I want to be respectful of your time. So I just have one more question for you would be, what are your top three tips? If someone is struggling with negative self-talk, I know we've, you know, we've given them lots of tidbits, but if like you can structure that into like your favorite top three, I know journaling is going to be at the top, but what are those three for you? Definitely journaling. But first step is going to be recognizing and you can actually start writing down when you hear those negative self-talk, whatever that voice is saying voices your ego, but whatever you hear that voice saying, write them down. And that might seem like you're going to attract it more, but getting them out is one thing. And it also helps you recognize how much negativity is going on in your head. But from there, you have a list of things that you said to yourself today that were unkind. You can then take them and turn them into affirmations literally use your verbiage and create something that works for you. 
and know that in the moment you can turn it, you can correct yourself instead of saying, no, 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 like I can't think this, change it in the moment and replace it so that when you are saying something, you can't just take it out and leave an empty space. What's going to fill that space in your head? You have to replace it with something else because if you don't replace it, if you don't change the conditioning, you're going to just put the thing back. You're just going to put something else negative is going to fill that space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're just going to continue with the same conditioning. So write it out, change it into an affirmation and stop it in its tracks, replace it. I think the, the three things I would say. Cool. Super powerful. And yeah, I, I mean, I've done a podcast before on the questions that you ask yourself. And I think even for yourself, if there's something you haven't really looked into, do you know Brooke Castillo? She's a life coach, but I just love her work. She talks about the questions we ask ourselves. So we might ask ourselves like, why am I so stupid? Right? right. Like, why am I so stupid? And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like typing that into the Google search bar. Why am I so stupid? Google's going to give you all the answers. Why your brain is going to do the same thing. So right. start asking yourself better questions. Like, you know, what are my strengths? That's a good question. That's going to fill your head with a bunch of answers of like how strong you are in what areas. So asking yourself better questions, I think is like my personal tip as well for moving up the emotional spiral. The better questions you ask, the better quality questions you ask, the better quality answers you're going to get. So stop asking yourself why you're fat or unhappy because you're going to find all the answers. You're going to type that into the Google search bar and it's going to populate your brain. And so searching better answers is super key. I love that. And also recognizing that it really is a choice. Like a lot of people think like, this is just the way it is. And I used to be the same way. Yeah. And like my mantra was, it is what it is. I used to say that all the time. Oh my God. (laughs) It is what it is, bro. Like it's not, you You are fully in control. And once you start choosing your thoughts, you will feel like the most empowered human being on this planet because you realize that you are the person that is in the driver's seat and you're not just like at chance or fate. Yes. A lot of things in life that are out of your control, but it's always your choice. Your response is your choice and your response is your, no, in part your feeling. And that's, you know, essentially your happiness on this planet. So thank you so much, Cassie. I appreciate Cass. I appreciate you so much for coming on the podcast today. Do you have any final words? That was really it. Your mentality dictates your reality. So make sure that you are choosing the right thoughts and things that are going to lift you up. That's what I mean by choosing the right things. It's not that there's mm-hmm. right or wrong, but you do choose your thoughts, you do choose your emotions and what value you give to them. So mm-hmm. make sure that you are giving value to the ones that matter for mm-hmm. sure. Cool. But, so cool. So where can our listeners find you? If they're curious, maybe they're interested in life coaching. Maybe they just want to give you a follow on social. Where can they find Cass? I am at Cassie K fit on Instagram and TikTok. It's C-A-S-S-I-E-K dot fit. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I appreciate you you guys. Yeah. I appreciate everyone who tuned in today and I hope you got a ton of value and uh, we are going to catch you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to your vibrant life podcast. I had so much fun and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to catch your weekly dose of health and wellness. If you found value in this episode, the number one thing you can do to support the show is to share this episode with someone who could benefit or leave a review. If you'd like to find out more about the online programs and services available at Health Pillars, go to healthpillars.ca and click Let's Work Together to fill out an application. I'd love to help you create your vibrant life.
The Samsung Neo QLED 8K TV featuring incredible color volume with 8K AI upscaling powered by 20 neural networks on an impossibly slim screen is the kind of TV that's so visually astounding, so unfathomably well-designed, it has to be seen to be believed. Don't believe me? Well, okay then. Radio has its limits. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good.